Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Hope Life Podcast, a podcast that allows you to hear the hearts of Hope Church pastors and leaders through real conversations about life, ministry, vision, and goals, or some of the exciting ways that God is working through their specific ministry or congregation. This is a great resource for our church family, and we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hopefully, we will all leave today's conversation more inspired to passionately follow Jesus and make Him visible as together we live the Hope Life. Hello, Hope Church, and welcome to this episode of the Hope Life Podcast. I'm glad that you're joining in for another conversation. It's really been encouraging to see so many of you participating in this podcast and to see the numbers increasing Don't forget, we really need you to be an evangelist for the Hope Life Podcast. Make sure, tell everyone that you attend uh, church with, hey, you need to listen to the podcast. If they say, what's a podcast? Well, take a moment, explain it. And if they're asking you what a podcast is, there's a good possibility that they also won't know how to subscribe. So why don't you take a moment, take their phone from them and help them find it. And uh, that way, even those who have never been a part of podcasts before, even they can participate and uh, hear these amazing conversations. Well, uh, we're already in full swing uh, preparing for Easter. I think we've got some great things coming, and I think you can be expecting that in every single Hope Church location. I think Easter is going to be a powerful season as uh, the pastors prepare and uh, get ready, and as we think about ways to involve you and engage you in celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so already be praying about and thinking about who you're going to be inviting and that we would take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us to help people encounter the gospel. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is the gospel. Uh, For those of you who have been a part of the family room, which is uh, our way of describing membership, It would be our membership class, Uh, but we believe in partnership. You know, membership implies privilege. Partnership involves, uh, well, it just implies involvement, that you are engaged and involved, and uh, that together we are moving forward for the sake of the flourishing of the local church. For those of you who have gone through the family room, then you've noticed that at the very top of the page or at the front of the information, it describes Hope Church as a gospel-centered church. We want to be gospel-centered in everything we do. Uh, We believe that the gospel means everything. And so today, Pastor Jason Riddle and I, uh, Jason is the pastor of Hope Church Stoneville, uh, we're going to be talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? How do we live into the gospel? And then how do we live out the gospel in a way that it draws other people um, into an awareness of who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ has done for them. And so, Jason, it's good to have you today. It's great to be having this conversation with you. You having a pretty good day? I'm having a great day, getting ready for Sunday, looking forward to all that God has for for us at our location, and uh, happy to be here on the podcast and and speaking with you, it's a joy to be here. So how are things in Stoneville? Everything going well? Everything's going great. Uh, the church is doing well. I believe we're getting healthy. Um, we're having visitors come in most weeks now, and uh, God's 
God's really working here in Stoneville, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Man, that's awesome. So is it Stoneville or is it Stoneville? I think it depends on whether or not you're native to the area. So if you are from here, it's Stoneville. But if you're not from here, it's Stoneville. And I think that's how we defish. I think that's how we could decide or figure out whether or not you are from Stoneville by the way that you say it. Okay. So that is that if if I say it incorrectly, then, you know, hey, this guy's an outsider. Absolutely. Okay. Well, so the next time I'm in Stoneville, if I need to talk to a local, I'll make sure and say Stoneville. Absolutely. Hey, they might even think I'm from there. Well, Jason, if you were to describe the gospel for Hope Church in a clear, understandable way, what is the gospel? This is a fantastic question. And uh, you and I talked about it for just briefly the other day. You you told me you were going to ask this question. And this question, what is the gospel, is something that I have been thinking about and trying to articulate for the last I don't know, several years, Um, because the way that I grew up, I I didn't really have a proper understanding of the gospel. Right. And to answer that question, um, I would say this. The gospel is the story of redemption that began in eternity past when God, out of love, decided to create a being that he knew would ultimately refuse his lordship. And the story continues throughout eternity future when we worship the lamb that was slain for our sins. It involves every act of God to reveal himself to fallen humanity. There's a special emphasis on the person and work of Jesus Christ, including his death, burial, and resurrection. The gospel is effectively what takes someone who is lost in bondage to sin, without hope, under the wrath of God, And it transforms them into a new creation, one that is and is becoming what he or she was created to be. Mm. The gospel is applied when an individual is made aware of its truths by the Holy Spirit. They turn from a life of living for self, and they commit to following Jesus. It's the power of God for deliverance for everyone who believes. Amen. And it's the message that we as followers of Jesus who have experienced its transforming work have been called to share and to live out. It's the story, I would say, and the application of God's love for fallen humanity. And it comes to each of us where we are and as we are to transform us into what we were meant to be. Man, I really like that last statement. That's really good. You know, a little while back, I was talking to someone and they they asked me the question, how would you best define or describe the gospel? And I just said to the person, the gospel is Jesus. It's Jesus in his entirety because you can't separate the person of Jesus from the work of Jesus. They're inseparable. Christ born, becoming Jesus for the sake of carrying out and fulfilling the work of the gospel. That was his primary mission, seeking and saving those who were lost. And he would seek and save those who were lost as a man, redeeming fallen man 
resurrecting so that man could eventually be glorified as a result of being justified. So the gospel is Jesus. And, and you know, it really makes me sad because a lot of times I hear people talk about the gospel and, you know, they just kind of blurt out death, burial, resurrection. And that's kind of become the token answer. But the gospel is so much bigger than that. It's Absolutely. not it's not just the death, burial, and resurrection. If you don't include the, the sinless life of Jesus, that he lived perfectly on our behalf because we never could, then you're missing part of the gospel. And then I like the fact that you started back in eternity past because Philippians 2, if you miss the submission of Jesus to death on a cross, carrying out the purpose and plan of God the Father for mankind's redemption, then, then you only have maybe a smaller view of the gospel. It's so much bigger. You know, if you try to confine the gospel to a little snapshot or a little picture, it spills over. It's bigger than that. It can't be contained by that. So I love the fact that you were really inclusive and intentional in your description. Um, so let me ask you this question. You didn't know I was going to throw this one on you, but why do you think most people in the church, especially the churches that you and I grew up in and the religious tradition that we grew up in, why do you think most people have this idea that the gospel is only for salvation? I think that, you know, I can't speak for other religious traditions, but in my own personal experience, you know, I felt like the gospel being an entrance into salvation, it said amen to the fact that we are saved by grace through faith and not works. But I think that because of human nature, we all, we all want to work and we all want to strive to be something that we're not. Oftentimes we want to strive to be better than what we are. And all over the world, that's what religions are trying to do. They're trying to achieve some, some greatness. And I think that applying the gospel to our own sanctification after salvation, it, it sort of takes away to a certain extent that, you know, that personal effort. And I, now I don't, I don't think that we are to be void of personal effort, but I think that the way that I grew up, it's, it's this idea that uh, I've got to do everything I can to be like Jesus, and it all depends on me 100%. And I think it's just human nature. You know, humanism focuses on, uh, on man, and I'm the center of man, and I've got to do everything. And I think humanism has crept into religion, and it's crept into our churches, and unfortunately into the background that I and you are from. And I think that it has a great deal to do with the way that we view our Christian lives and the gospel. Um, Dane Ortland, in his book, Deeper Heat, um, he made a comment that Christian growth, it depends not just on me and not just on God, but it depends on God in me. Mm. It's the gospel at work in my life and me complying with his leadership and his guidance and, and the gospel makes makes it possible for me to become what I ought to be you know um, the Bible says let a person work out their own salvation in fear and trembling you know what you just said 
that verse literally looks like I'm working out what he's working in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, salvation is all of God, completely, entirely God. Sanctification, I believe, happens when we, when we submit in partnership and serve and work in partnership with God. I believe sanctification involves God and me. Um, you may not agree with that, but... No, I, I agree 100%. Actually, you know, Paul wrote, he said, to work out your own salvation. And in the very next verse, it almost seems on the surface that he, that he contradicts that. He actually says uh, something to the extent that I know that it is God working in me. And I think that sanctification is 100% God and 100% me, both of us working but to but it me working it's living out the gospel it's not just me doing my own thing it's me living out the gospel absolutely and that's that's kind of where i was headed because i think a lot of times you know we have this idea the gospel is just for salvation you know we preach the death burial and resurrection okay i'm saved now but the gospel has everything to do even with our sanctification as we as we learn and grow in our depth of understanding for the gospel, then we better live out the gospel. So I don't think people really understand that. So I'm going to ask you this question. How do we apply the gospel to our daily lives? For example, um, maybe you can just frame it in this way. How do we live out the gospel when we're tempted to sin? How do we live out the gospel in our marriages? How do we live out the gospel on our jobs as we work in the way that we work. So temptation, marriage, and work environment. Can you answer those three? I can try. <laughs> right, you know, right now I'm preaching a sermon series entitled Journey here at our location. And we're looking at how God rescued the children of Israel out of Egypt and their journey into their promised land. And one of the things that I'm trying to emphasize is that God raised up a deliverer in Moses. And he rescued the children of Israel. He took them out of is he took them out of Egypt. He took them into the promised land. But what they had to do was follow their deliverer. They had to follow Moses out of Egypt. They had to follow Moses through the wilderness. They had to follow Moses into the promised land. Now, we know that Moses messed up and God raised up Joshua, but they still had to follow Joshua into the promised land. And as they followed the deliverer that God raised up, then they were victorious. And I think that for us, I think that we have to follow our deliverer, Jesus, out of Egypt. And we have to follow Jesus, you know, through those wilderness times. We've got to follow Jesus into the promised land, which is you know, a, a life of victory over sin and the flesh. It's, it's, it's a life in, in which we're becoming more like Jesus all the time. And I think that whether it's work or marriage or sin, I think that the, the, the key in applying the gospel to our life is following Jesus. It's, you know, living the way that he uh, lived. It's, you know, seeking to show the glory of the gospel in everything that we do and pointing back to the fact that Jesus has accomplished everything that we need 
to be a child of God. I think that following the deliverer has is the secret to living out the gospel. Because like you said, the gospel is Jesus. And, you know, when we're tempted to sin, you know, oftentimes I think that, you know, we get, we fall into sin because we take our eyes off of Jesus. I think in our marriages, we don't treat our spouses the way that we ought to because we don't love them the way that Jesus loves us. And we don't give our spouses the grace that God gives us. And whenever it comes to the way that we work, we don't, I don't, I don't think that we treat, oftentimes we don't treat people the way that we ought to because we fail to see uh, them as sinners just like we are, and we don't give each other the grace that we ought to. Uh, but I think following the, the deliverer, um, that's the key to living out the gospel in every area of our life. I ask you those questions because a little while back uh, we were having a gospel conversation, and, and we started you know, trying to look at the gospel in really practical ways. You know, For example, when we're tempted to sin, well, Christ was tempted to sin, but for the sake of the gospel, he, he resisted sin through the power of God's word. So he quoted God's word. He used the authority of God's word. Um, in marriage, you know, love looks like Christ hanging on a cross, demonstrating the greater love has no man love because he laid his life down. And then, you know, we were talking about on the job, Christ made himself the servant of all. I mean, think about it. He, he girded himself after dinner, the greatest in the room, served the least in the room and washed their feet. So I think in practical ways like that, when we start to look at Scripture in that way, we start to understand that when we apply, like you were just saying, the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and we follow Jesus, that we, we apply everything that we possibly can that, that makes us more Christ-like, realizing that's living a life of applying the gospel. I'm applying the work of Jesus, what Christ has accomplished. Um, I think that's, that's powerful for a person's life when you start to read the scripture in that way. You agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, it changes everything. Well, well, we know that as Hope Church, Jason, we're doing everything we can do to advance the gospel. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm so exclusive that I believe the gospel is the only hope of the world. Um, and it's the message the world needs to hear. Think about this. If you and I live and die and people never know our names, but we made the gospel known to them, it doesn't matter that they, they didn't catch our names. They, they've encountered what you and I were we're born to elevate and to increase the volume of the gospel. So that's, that's encouraging. And I, I know you preach because you want to advance the gospel. You serve as a pastor because you want to advance the gospel. But how, is it, how exciting is it for you as a Hope Church pastor to see Hope Church advancing the gospel increasingly more and more in greater ways? Well, the reason why I'm part of Hope Church is because the gospel is the mission of Hope Church, and advancing the gospel is the mission of Hope Church. And, and I, don't, I don't even know how to describe or explain the desire in my heart to, to share the gospel and to make the gospel known. Um, but it excites me. It excites me that Hope Church is a church that is center-focused on the gospel and sharing that good news with with our communities and, and with those that we encounter on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I hope the family of Hope Church realizes that we're planting churches out of a desire to increase the volume of the gospel. Yes, sir. You know, the more churches that are planted, the harder the work is and the heavier the burden is. But at the same time, the greater the gospel influence is. I was talking to uh, the regional Southern Baptist missionary in Asheville this past week, and he's just talking about the vast lostness in Asheville and and how few people now in Asheville actually claim faith in Jesus Christ and the need that's there. I mean, how awesome is it to know that we're going to have an opportunity to impact that community? Not impact that community for the cause of Jason Riddle or Brian Edwards, but for the sake of the gospel. I, mean, I just think that 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 Jason, I can honestly say, makes me excited to continue in the work of the ministry. Yeah, me too. You know, I, you know, along those lines, we here at here in Stoneville, we talk about growth a lot. I think churches want to grow, and I think that they should grow. But man, the reason why we want to grow numerically is because it it broadens our influence, our gospel influence. And I think the same thing is true. It goes along with what you're saying. We plant churches because it broadens our influence. And uh, we want the gospel to be known. And uh, moving into Asheville is going to be amazing. And, you know, God willing, we'll, we'll be there sharing the gospel with, with, those, um, with those folks who live there. And uh, we're just, man, we're just happy to be a part of all of that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I can't believe it. Every day it pretty much shocks me at this point. You know, I just can't believe it. Like, God, I can't believe you're doing this, and this is you. Um, And as far as the gospel goes, you know, the gospel is our message. The gospel is our means. Um, The gospel is even our methods. And then the gospel is our mission. So the gospel is everything. If you take that away, then we have nothing. There is no good news. If you take away the gospel, we have nothing to preach. You know, I heard a few weeks ago... um, and you may have seen this on, I think it's Bad Sermon Clips. He he actually posted a clip of an independent Baptist pastor making fun of people for preaching the gospel. You know, oh, I'm going to preach the gospel. That's what I'm going to preach is the gospel. And I thought, doesn't he realize he's making fun of Paul? Mm-hmm. You know, Paul said, I'm not going to preach anything but Christ and him crucified. Everything comes back to that, and uh, and so I'd rather be I'd rather be more in line with the ministry of the Apostle Paul than than the guy who's mocking, saying, "Oh, they only preach the gospel; they only care about the gospel." Uh, because I'd have to raise my hand and say, "Guilty as charged." Yeah, absolutely. You know, these guys, you know, guys like that. I I don't think that they understand that the only message that we have to preach is the gospel and everything flows from that. If you're going to deal with marriage, it has to flow from the gospel. If you're going to deal with personal behavior, it flows from the gospel. If you're going to deal with separation from sin, it comes from the gospel. And I don't, I don't think guys like that understand that the only message that we have to preach is the gospel and everything flows from that. I love what uh, Jared Wilson said. He said that the gospel is not just the diving board, it is the swimming pool. And for preachers to believe that the gospel is just the beginning of the Christian life and it's just the starter message, they don't understand the gospel. And like I said, guys like that, you know, they just don't understand the gospel themselves. And I, I feel bad for folks who sit under those ministries because, you know, they don't get a proper understanding of the gospel and how it affects everything in their life. 
Um, but now it's it's a shame that somebody would speak that way or would make 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 light of the gospel message. Yeah, you know, I've I've had the privilege to see pictures of the Grand Canyon. And even in a picture, it looks impressive. But a little while back, I had the opportunity to visit the Grand Canyon and actually hike up on this little rocky knoll and look over into a portion of the canyon. And I just have to say, when you experience it, it's so much bigger than when you just look on. When you're an onlooker, that's one view. But when you're an experiencer, that's an entirely different view. And for those of you who have experienced the gospel, that's the only way you can begin to see or to know its vastness. That's the only way. And I pray that you have experienced the gospel. And for those of you who have, Jason, what would be your encouragement to the family of Hope Church on how they could better personally spread the gospel or make the gospel known? I, I would say that the best way to make the gospel known would be to make sure that you are concentrating on the gospel, that it is your meditation. I think that you should also make sure that you're living out the gospel as Jesus taught it throughout the gospel records. That, um, as Paul said, it's it's the power of deliverance, deliverance from from everything self-related. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I pray for my own self is that I become less like me and more like Jesus, and that's the gospel in action. Mm. And I, I think that as, as believers of Christ and followers of Christ, living out the gospel is loving your neighbor as Christ loves us. It's, it's showing uh, charity to those who need it. It's, it's being patient and merciful. It's being gracious in the way that we speak to each other. It's remembering that all that each and every one of us are sinners and that we need to treat each other the way that God treats us as sinners. I think living out the gospel has all to do with the way that we see Jesus and the way that we see each other and treating each other the way that Jesus exemplified in the New Testament with kindness and mercy and charity. Living out the gospel, I think, is a very practical thing and it involves just loving people. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I also appreciate how you started that that answer because, you know, the Bible says that we're to teach and admonish one another. But first, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You can't give to someone else what you don't have yourself. Uh, for example, today, Jason, I love you, bud. You're a great friend. I love our conversations. I love our closeness and I love your whole family. I would love today to be able to give you a million dollars. I know yeah. you'd love for me, for me to be able to. My wife would love that. <laughs> but I don't have it. And because I don't have it, I can't give it to you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times believers miss out living out the gospel, miss out on living out the gospel because they're not letting the word of Christ dwell in them richly. And you can't give to someone what you don't have to give. And I pray that you've experienced the gospel. I pray that you love the gospel. I pray that your awareness of, of the scripture and the ministry and the life and the person of Jesus is increasing. 
And uh, Jason, I pray that God's going to help Hope Church make a greater gospel difference than any of us can even imagine. And I believe mm-hmm. he can do that. I really do. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Well, Jason, you have any final words for everybody on this uh, episode of the Hope Life podcast? No, I don't. <laughs> that was enough, huh? That was enough. All right. Well, everybody, in the words of uh, Porky Pig, that's all, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Hope Life Podcast, and uh, we'll see you the next time we uh, gather with one of the Hope Church pastors or leaders for another great conversation. Jason, thank you for the time today. Uh, Thank you for what you shared, and thank you for loving the gospel and being a great example of what it means to live in a manner worthy of the gospel. I love you. I love you too, man. The pleasure is mine being here. Well, have a great day, everybody. God bless.